Welcome to the Watch Your Mouth Podcast, a podcast all about phrase etymology and why we say the things we say. I'm Milo. And I'm Dave. He's my dad. And she is my daughter. That's how that works. Yes. Yes, it is. It's September. Oh, it's hard to believe, but here we are. Do you know what that means? Uh, no. Summer's it, over. It means that it's spooky season now. Yeah, I've got a, my next episode I want to, because uh, my next episode will probably release in October. Oh, you're um, right. The one after the one after this one that I'm, we're going to um, we're going to record a couple today. Mm-hmm. And then uh, so the next one I write will be a spooky one. That's good. I'm glad I'm not the only one that jumped on the spooky train a little bit early because I a little bit expected you to make fun of me for it. But I definitely oh. was like, oop, it is fall. I am ready to get spooky <laughs> or yeah, spooky, if you will. No, nobody wants that. But um, when you are, uh, I was at the store today for a minute and there was all the Halloween stuff up and mm-hmm. I'm like, yeah, it's, it's mid September. It's, it's it still feels a little early, but yeah, I get it. Summer just <laughs> ended a minute ago. I mean, yes. Well, and I live in Texas now. It is not really fall here in Texas. It is still warm, but I'm still definitely like ready for fall. I got my sweaters out. It's 95 degrees out, but I still want to wear them. Uh, and I watched over the garden wall already and I'm just, I'm ready. <laughs> so those of you who don't know what over the garden wall it is, is it's a cartoon 10 minute episodes about. Um, yeah, about there's that. 10, 10 minute episodes. So the whole thing is like shorter than a movie. There you go. But it's a TV Pretty show cartoon. It's my favorite thing and my favorite fall tradition. Nice. Uh, it's not really um, very fall like here in Michigan either because it's 82 right now. Yeah. So we are not very fall ish. But technically, but it are. is still it is still summer until yeah, the twentieth, twenty first, twenty second. Actually, this year, twenty second. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> well, anyway, um, then we always got to catch up a little bit on the episode. And um, don't you feel, uh, listeners? I almost said viewers. No, uh, <laughs> don't you feel, listeners? You're kind of part of our our little family here. Uh, I like to think to so. Father and daughter banter a little bit, but it's a family uh, that as it may. We do have an episode to uh, present. It is a family joint. Oh, this Not- is all relevant. This is all relevant. Oh, <laughs> well, the it? episode has begun. Yeah, because we got to talk. We got to do that transition. We've had all these summer episodes, and by that I mean spring episodes, because the last one that dropped <laughs> was spring. But uh-huh. that's because it was recorded then. But I'm just getting, you know, listeners primed that we're getting into the spookiness because we're going to get spooky today. We're oh, going to we, talk about oh, some ghosts. Already. Oh yeah, oh, no, here. today we're talking about ghosts today. Okay. Uh, one ghost in particular, uh, really? very oh. famous, but also it, kind of elusive ghost. He's elusive and famous. Okay. Can you guess? I wasn't going to have you guess, yeah. but now I want to see if you can. Well, I know. Casper the friendly ghost. Not quite. No. <laughs> um, I don't. I don't think I know that many ghosts. How many ghosts do I know? Personally? Biblically? Well... <laughs> I don't know. Uh, <laughs> I, some people say the Holy Ghost. Uh, oh, well, the, yeah, that's, I guess you can know the Holy Ghost. No, we're not going to go there anyway. No. Yeah. Mm-hmm. What what ghost are we speaking of, Milo? So we are speaking today of Bloody Mary. Oh, no, that's a freaky, <laughs> creepy one. I told Is you we were too- getting spoopy. I'm scared now. Oh, well, it's going to get scarier because oh. I'm in the mood for scary things. I've been okay. stocking up my to read list with lots of spooky books and we're, we're diving in. So right. you, Let's my go. father, you don't really like ghost stories. Am I correct? Uh, they're not uh, ghosts. You, you know what bothers me. It's not vampires. really ghosts. There's other vampires and zombies though, yep. and, and the Borg for you Star Trek fans. Those are the things that kind of freak me out a little bit. Mm-hmm. But so ghosts mm-hmm. don't bother you. Not really. I mean, it, it can be scary for sure, okay. but I don't like, 
you know, I don't get real. I don't, I don't believe in ghosts. I don't, I don't think that's a thing. So it doesn't really, but I don't think zombies and vampires either. Or the Borg. You live in mortal fear at the Borg. (laughs) Just kidding. Just kidding. (laughs) (laughs) I do believe in climate change for all you uh, people who are scared for me for a minute. Uh, All right. So do you, do you seek out ghost stories? No, uh, not no. really, but I read. Do you like you know, any? Audrey, well, Audrey you know Niffenegger. The, Audrey Niffenegger. Um, uh-huh. uh, f- her Fearful Symmetry. That's the one. I think it was called. And, um, it's a pretty good book. I, I, enjoyed, I enjoyed that. It wasn't mm-hmm. as good as The Time Traveler's Wife, but it was solid. Yeah, I think so. I, I'm not super well versed on ghost stories, so it, it is a very small uh, sample size. Gotcha. But yeah. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm very into ghost stories. I... Definitely didn't grow up with them. Like we weren't a, ho- a horror household by any means. I didn't watch my ho- first horror movie until I was like 17, um, which was the awful, awful B-movie Shudder starring Joshua Jackson. Um, oh. I watched it at a slumber party. It's really bad, oh. guys. Um, okay. <laughs> um, but no, I really do like I like horror now and especially ghost stories because they're so potent with like melancholy but also with symbolism and i just think that something about them just really draws me so i really enjoy um the the haunting series series on netflix so haunting of hill house haunting of blind manor those are both very stick in your head type horror stories um i'm reading house of leaves right now which is a lot and i just i like the spooky haunted atmosphere so as i was thinking about spooky season and thinking about starting to pick up some ghost stories i got thinking about like okay well what was my first exposure to ghosts and that would be what most young people's first exposure to ghosts especially people raised as women bloody mary did you ever play bloody mary no i thought it was kind of silly and i didn't really see any value in it and plus there's just that off chance that it might work (laughs) but you were like familiar with it like it was around and you were conscious of it being a thing okay because this Uh, is the thing i'm curious about because it seems like a very girl heavy folklore like this is a thing that girls do it seems like so i was curious if it was something that you had seen you know kids your age doing whether they were boys or girls I did not, I've never really seen anyone. I, I kind of, I think I have a general idea of what it is or how you're supposed to summon her. Um, but I've never seen anyone do it at all, or, you know, certainly not with any um, seriousness of any level, but I've never even seen anyone try it. Okay. Okay. And I think I know what it is, but I'm not entirely, I think it's you look in a mirror and say her name so many times and then she's supposed to kill you or something or or is that (laughs) Candyman? I think it's Candyman that kills you, but you're right that there's totally parallels there, right? Of saying a name a certain amount of times and it summons this sort of otherworldly force. And then she comes and plays Pinochle with you. Is that what happens with Bloody Mary? (laughs) She she plays a card game. You know, only if you bring a really good deck because she likes to see the artwork (laughs) on the cards. Um, But so I have played Bloody Mary. I did it at a slumber party in probably like fourth grade or something uh, at my friend Molly Adamson's house, who I was recently in her wedding, which is weird to think about. Um, But yeah, so what my when I grew up my understanding of the game was you needed to go into a bathroom, Mm -hmm. specifically a bathroom. Um, Maybe because that's the place with the mirror, maybe because bathroom was important. We'll get more into that later, but you go into the bathroom, all the lights off. It's gotta be at night. You go in the bathroom, you close your eyes while facing the mirror. You say bloody Mary seven times, and then you're supposed to open your eyes and there should be a ghost in the mirror. Who's like a creepy bloody ghost. No, um, I don't see. I I have uncertain memory around it because a I don't have a great memory, and b I feel like I maybe just went in there and like didn't actually do it because I was too scared. And you were, and plus you were probably all drunk too, right? Is that uh, yes, in fourth grade? No, yeah. mm-hmm. um, no, but I was a fearful kid and a religious kid, so I I don't know if I actually went through with it, but. Mm. 
all that to say, so Bloody Mary, she's a ghost, right? Mm-hmm. Who's she the ghost of? Uh, I would I would think the Bloody Mary from Eng- English history. That's that what came to my guess. mind first was like, oh, yeah, but, you know, there was a woman in history called Bloody Mary. And then I thought yeah. about Bloody Mary and I'm like, you know, I don't actually know that much about her. I know she was really, really zealous and she killed a yeah. lot of people. Mm-hmm. But why? <laughs> so we've, I wanted to look into that a little bit. We, we've talked a little bit about Bloody Mary, I think, on a previous episode. I believe. Which one? I don't remember this. <laughs> <laughs> we've done dozens of episodes. I don't remember, but it was one yeah. of the ones I researched because I remember her coming up. Okay. Research for something, but uh, I don't remember. So, you know. Well, this may tread some same ground. And I'm guessing a lot of people know this stuff already because she's a very famous historical figure. But I I didn't study the queens and kings of England very much when I was a kid. So it was mostly news to me. So it was interesting. So I hope it's interesting for you to too. If you already know it, well, it's a refresher and there will be more, you know, it's not the bulk of the episode. It's just a part of it so no problem let's learn about the first queen regent of england she was the Mm. first oh wow yeah queen mary the first was born well not a queen but mary was born on february 18th of 1516 in greenwich england uh the palace she was born at the name of this palace was placentia yes yes is a little on the nose for where this story is going. So Uh I found that interesting. Um, Her parents, of course, were King Henry VIII and Catherine of Aragon. Uh Yeah, Aragon. Um, And very famously, Henry, very bad husband. (laughs) (laughs) Just the worst. He's Um, not winning awards for being husband of the year. One of the inventors of divorce because... (laughs) He was rather selective when it came to his wives, but Mary was the child, the only child of his first wife, Catherine. Mm -hmm. Um, Henry, very displeased that Mary was a girl. So he really, really wanted a son. He was very angry at Catherine for not providing him with a son. Um, but Catherine had some fertility issues. They had a lot of babies die. Um, mm-hmm. thankfully Mary survived, but she still wasn't a boy. So Henry was quite angry to the point where when Mary hit 17 and there was still no brother, Henry was like, well, screw you, Catherine, I'm done. So he went out of his way to, he was a Catholic, right? And Catholics are not mm-hmm. so big on the divorce thing so he went to the pope and was like hey let me divorce my wife and the pope was like no that's not how that works so henry was like i'm the king you can't tell me no so he came up with this whole thing where he was like well actually this was actually an incestuous marriage with Catherine because she used to be married to my brother so Catherine was married to henry's older brother But older brother died. Henry married his brother's widow. So he goes to the Pope and is like, you know, this wedding is, or this marriage is incestuous. It's actually not right. And the Pope was still like, no. Good good try, though. (laughs) So the king was basically, he just was like, okay, then screw you, Rome. I'm done. I'll just go do my own thing. And Mm -hmm. broke away from Catherine and forbade Mary from ever seeing her mother again. Wow, that's intense. Yes, at the age of 17, Mary was told to never see her mother again. And as far as I can tell, never did, Hmm. which rough. Although a better fate than a lot of King Henry's wives met. Because next up, Anne Boleyn came along. Hey. Anne Boleyn, one of the uh, most famous unfortunate women in history, but also evil stepmothers. Hmm. Because Anne Boleyn... gets to the throne and thinks, okay, I'm going to have kids, but there's this pesky stepdaughter in the way. Mm-hmm. It sure would be a shame if she were to claim the throne. So maybe I should just have her declared illegitimate. So she did. <laughs> she declared uh, Mary illegitimate and then had a daughter, Elizabeth, uh, who Anne wanted to uh, succeed Henry. Right. But of course, still not a boy. So no. we we know, of course, what happens to Anne Boleyn. Uh, tell us, and, tell us <laughs> what happens. Anne, Anne Boleyn dies. She, did she get dead? 
she did get very dead because Henry was like, you're not giving me a boy. And, you know, it was a lot of drama to get rid of Catherine. So I'm just going to behead you. I'm just going to say you're an adulterer and then I'm just going to have you beheaded. So in 1536, Anne Boleyn loses her head, as do uh, a few more of Henry's wives. He, He marries four more times after that. And only one of the brides makes it out alive. And that's because he dies first. So, you know, he's not the best man. Um, no. Oh, I, I think the fourth marriage, the fourth marriage, sorry, uh, ended in annulment as well. He, he decided to bring the divorce card back out and one did of them he, died in childbirth. Did he get a boy? I don't know. Did he yes, ever get a boy or don't he you? Did. Well, he did. Okay. Um, okay. And we will, we will get there, but first right, let's right. focus a little bit more on Mary and kind of the state she must be in at this point. <laughs> yeah. Uh, she is forbidden to see her mother. She's a young mm-hmm. woman. And she has had her birthright to the throne revoked and been called illegitimate. She is also very mentally and physically unwell. So Mary, unfortunately, suffered with some pretty severe depression, which not surprising with everything she's going through. Yeah, it's a um, lot. And she was very physically unwell as, unwell as well. Uh, she had reproductive irregularities, which her mother did as well. Um, Really, really bad menstrual pains. Uh, They weren't sure if she had her fertility, which would be a really heavy weight for women at that time, especially in royalty, because there's so much pressure around you being able to give an heir. So she's not set up for the best. She's in pain. She's alone in a lot of ways Mm -hmm. and is by all accounts, a very sad person. Yeah. So we're, we're starting out a little rough here for all Mary. Yeah. Um, yeah. But in 1544, Henry reinstates both his daughters to the line of succession. Really? Yes. But oh. it's only because he has a son now. Edward oh. was born by, so. King's wife, by the, thir- the king's third wife in 1537. So now there's a son. Okay. Um, Edward is born. So now the the line of succession goes Edward, Mary, Elizabeth. Mm-hmm. Unfortunately, Edward also not doing super well. Edward mm-hmm. does become king in 1547 when King Henry dies, but he's not super healthy. He doesn't get along with his siblings because Mary's Catholic and he's Protestant. So there's some right. tension there and he's only a teenager. So in 1553, when he falls ill, He doesn't really have what it takes to hold the throne, but he doesn't want his Catholic sister to take over because he thinks Protestantism is the way of the land. So he revokes Mm -hmm. her again. (laughs) This is a really, really, I mean, like we know she eventually becomes queen, but just this back and forth must have been really, really stressful. Yeah, because she didn't know she was going to eventually become queen, of course. Right. So she was just thrown in this in this uh, chaotic time alone with all of her family, like warring against her. And she believes very strongly in her faith. But all these people around her believe something which by today's standard doesn't look that different. But by that stand, by that day's standard was alien worlds apart. Yeah. 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 So it, it must have been very lonely. Um, and 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 she was always in in the danger of her life ending because that was something the king obviously could very easily do. Absolutely. Like, oh, you're out of favor with the throne. Trump up some charge. You're dead. Not to That's mention that she was she chronically was ill as well and always in pain and kind of in fear for her life in that way. It's yeah. it's a scary time to be Mary. Um, yeah. So other things happen. There's a queen named uh, Lady Jean, Jane Grey. Um, she's proclaimed king of England after Edward dies. She's oh, she be, she becomes queen. Yeah. Oh, no. oh well, yeah. They do she's, weird things with titles sometimes. She becomes like the regent. Um, she's in charge. Yes. Unfortunately for Jane, it doesn't last very long. She starts to kind of raise her own army and stuff, but it doesn't work out. She reigned for only nine days. <laughs> And then was imprisoned in the Tower of London and then was executed. Did she lose her head too, or doesn't it say, or don't you? I don't think it was specified. Um, That was kind of the way they did it back in those days, but I couldn't find a specific uh, method of death for Lady Jane Grey. Mm. Okay. So 
all of that is happening. It's all swirling around in this muck of confusion. But in the end, Mary eventually does take the throne in 1553 at the age of 37. So okay. she's finally queen. The next year, she marries Philip, king of Spain, who she just loves. She's very into this man. Like, she's excited about this. He doesn't feel quite the same way. He's 10 years younger than her. And nope. it's just kind of like, you know, I'm doing this because it's my duty. But yeah. they get married and as is their role they get pregnant. She gets mm -hmm. pregnant. Right. Um, the pregnancy goes on. She's, you know, she has the pregnancy belly. She has um, growing breasts, possibly lactating. And mm -hmm. it eventually comes the day, May 9th, where she's supposed to give birth. She's been cloistered. She's ready to give birth. She yeah. goes, you know, they start preparing her for labor. Nothing happens. Uh-oh. She's in there trying, trying to give birth. Nothing happens. Uh -huh. Lots of gossip starts going around. Like, why, why hasn't there been an heir announced? Did she die? Did the baby die? Is there something else going on? Did the baby get kidnapped? But oh. nothing ever happens. It turns out Mary was never pregnant. What? Yep. She had the big belly. She had these signs of pregnancy, but a little bit after that day of May 9, her belly starts to shrink, to shrink. She starts going back to normal. Oh, so you can imagine uh, what? for this woman who has seen so many women in her life be killed for not giving birth. Yeah. Has seen so many women suffered and belittled and felt the pain that comes along with fertility and all that stuff. Mm-hmm she was pregnant and now she's not they i can't fathom happened? i can't we do we well so okay. biologically at that time they had no idea and i couldn't sure. even find any like estimations at the time of what people thought were ha was happening we know now that she probably suffered from pseudocesis which is what phantom is pregnancy what that I think that was a band back in the 80s. Back in the <laughs> See was the a thing? Yes. That's a thing. So that is a thing where you can, it's super duper rare, of course, because this is wild, but it's where a person is so set on becoming pregnant that their body starts to like prepare for it. And they're like so fixated on that, that their body literally shows signs of pregnancies and grows to appear pregnant without any actual pregnancy occurring or being present. Maybe, maybe that's what's happening with my stomach. Maybe <laughs> that explains my larger stomach. You, you did, think you really want to be pregnant? Is that what's happening? Cause that would be very concerning. Well, you know, I'm just looking for reasons to uh, not just admit that I eat too much or exercise <laughs> enough. So, you know, I'm, 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 I'm grasping at straws, but they're there. We will. Uh, this is a joke I still make with my mother to this day, where anytime she says she feels unwell or she says that she has news, I'm like, you're pregnant, <laughs> which she is uh, not able to get pregnant at this time, nor has she been able to for many years. But yes, it's still a good joke. So maybe I'll start using that joke on you as well. Oh, good. That's, that's good. <laughs> I'm looking forward to that. You started well, uh, it. You started it. Well, I didn't know it was going to be starting a, a thing. I didn't know I was kicking a rock <laughs> down a, uh, a boulder-strewn um, hill. So, yeah. But apparently, butterfly effect is is happening here. Yeah, apparently. So okay. This is a rough time, right? Yeah, very rough. Like, yes. I can't even, people must have thought that she was a witch. People must have thought that she yeah. was a liar. Mm -hmm. I what her husband must have thought because he wanted an heir he already yeah. wasn't too thrilled about this wedding and this was all he was in it for so yeah. more alone than ever mary queen of england yeah also at this time there was a lot of growing tension between the protestants and the catholics the there was brewing this back and forth of what's the true religion and again it seems a little silly today to look okay. back and be like you know not a lot different there's definitely differences oh for sure but you're worshiping the same god right there's some yeah but nobody has ever said that religious zealousness comes from a place of logic and reason true in 1554 Mary decides to take action in this issue and signs a act which results in the Marian persecutions 
basically meaning it's time to burn Protestants at the stake. Let's go. Okay. Let's do all this. Right. She's like, this is a great plan. This is going to solve all the problems. Let's just tie all these people up and approximately, yeah, you know, 300 people. Let's burn them at the stake. And uh, she does. Wow. Yep. This was not unprecedented, I should say. Her father burned uh, estimated around 100 people at the stake, uh, Protestants specifically. This yeah. was a common thing. Her sister did it after her. It was a common thing at the time. For some reason, though, for Bloody Mary, it really, really stuck. That's where she got her name as mm. being this evil woman who burned people at the stake for being Protestant, which, you know, not defending her. <laughs> I no, read one no. article in history.com that was seemed to be really, really defending her. Like it was very in the pocket of big Queen Mary because oh. they were like, you know, 300 is not that much. <laughs> I was like, what? that's still a lot. <laughs> I think one is too much. That's just one is too much. And it's a horrible way to die. We, we talked about that a couple episodes ago as well, that yeah. being burned not pleasant yeah we did we yeah in the third degree episode we talked exactly. about the different degrees of burns and, uh, and the fourth degree burn is horrifying yes and that's what they had all the way down because do you know why they burned people at the stake by the way you know i don't so it was a relic of when people who were assumed to be doing evil acts often were in these sort of societies where there was this kind of magical thinking, right? Mm -hmm. Because they were against the church, they had this different sect of uh, belief. They maybe had these connections to magic. So the burn, the bones of a deceased witch, the deceased magic person could have their own magical properties. They could be these totems, these sort of okay. pagan totems of power. And the church goes, I don't want you to have any pagan totems of power. Yeah, I want there to be nothing. Yeah. yeah. So we are going to literally burn it till there's nothing so that you have nothing to cling to. There's no one left. It's just ash. It's just an ultimate act of just like desiccation. Because if you also think of them being in the mindset of in order to go to heaven, you need a body. Oh, so they are so just totally trying to yes, screw them over. They're completely ruining any chance of afterlife for these people they are just like nope you don't get heaven you don't get anything you are the ultimate disposable human being so we're just gonna burn you great yeah wow that's intense. so mary's a complicated figure i always find these figures in history interesting who are morally repugnant right like oh yeah they're yeah, yeah. indefensibly repugnant but also so miserable <laughs> and yeah. so of their time and their mindset i just don't know what you do with that because i do while reading this i felt sympathy for mary i was like sure. this woman lived a horrible life she died at age 42 probably due to uterine cancer which could mm. be another factor in her phantom pregnancies um because okay. she did later have another phantom pregnancy um although whether there was less physical signs then so it was more maybe just like her telling people she was to maybe help prolong because again she had seen people get murdered for not being able to give an heir so maybe she's just trying to prolong her life in that way but unfortunately she did die at the very young age of 42 um yeah, yeah so i don't it's a it's a tough story uh, it's complex and there's a lot going on and you can certainly say well she was a bad person because she murdered people and you're not wrong but mm -hmm. I think it's interesting to hear the entirety of, of what happened to her in her life. Right. And, it, and it's easy for us to judge someone like that and go, yeah, I would have never done that. And you're like, oh, I wonder what you would have done. Right. Um, in that time with all those different great. pressures. Mm -hmm. um, but in the end, she was yeah, we, only queen for five years. And she's still yeah. one of like the most infamously evil women of all time. Yeah. So I found that story very interesting. Um, it wasn't something that I really anticipated at the outset of studying Bloody Mary uh, mm -hmm. because I had had, I knew there were some versions of that folktale, right? Where like, she's holding a dead baby. Um, oh, yeah, that's, that's what? some of what? the stories of that is like, she's holding a bloody baby. That's part of the Bloody Mary in sure. the mirror mythos. Um, oh. Not one that I grew up with. There wasn't a baby to begin with, but maybe there's still like that ghostly, Sure. Anticipation of a child. And so the symbol of that being, which is interesting to me always when there's like symbolic ghosts too, there's, there's precedent for that. Okay. So interesting stuff. 
Yeah, definitely. It, why why did why did the young girls want to see this? Just because of the freaky, gross, the creepy factor? That's a great question. And we'll talk about that a bit too. Um okay. uh, one last note on Mary. I saw a really interesting quote by Linda Porter, who uh wrote a book called The Myth of Bloody Mary, which kind of mm-hmm. talks about her disproportionate uh legacy of evil mm-hmm. while fame. her the rulers around her were equally or even more violent. Like Henry was killing his wives and all that. And is off definitely seen as evil as well, but he doesn't have quite the same gravitas as bloody Mary. So Linda Porter gathered a lot of data on that. King Henry may have ordered up to 57,000 of his subjects. What? um, Just between all of, he had a 38 year reign. And he was not shy about getting rid of people he didn't like. So it could be in the thousands, the people that he killed, you know, hard to compare these numbers, still bad. Uh, For sure. But 57,000 is a bigger number than 300. Yes. And Queen Mary did her killing. But Elizabeth, her half younger half sister who took the throne after her, of course, Mm -hmm. Queen Elizabeth the first, she burned five antibiotics. Anabaptists at the stake and ordered the executions of around 800 Catholic rebels and had at least 183 Catholics drawn and quartered. Oh, yep. Uh, so Linda Porter looks at all this and she says, Mary burned Protestants and Elizabeth disemboweled Catholics. It's not pretty either way. No, no. So it's just interesting how certain people in history have this kind of glowing, like people don't really see Queen Elizabeth as evil. Like she has a prettier picture in in history, at least in what I've seen. But Mary yeah. has always had this kind of like dark shroud of evil around her. So it's a good question. Why are girls doing this to this day? Mm-hmm. Why is this a thing? I found a very interesting article by Alan Dunn's called Bloody Mary in the Mirror, a ritual reflection of prepubescent anxiety from a magazine called Western Folklore. This was fascinating. And it actually reflected a lot of the things I was thinking about as I was going through these stories. So this is a cool find. I recommend reading this article because it's fantastic. The first thing that this article brought to my notice was we don't actually know if the Bloody Mary of the Mirror is the Bloody Mary of history. Really? It, yes. it, seems, it would seem obvious, though, because of the same name. Well, the thing is, is that around the time these this ritual was first appearing, the girls weren't saying Bloody Mary. Oh, what they were they They were saying any one of these things. There was, a, um, there was a few of these that have been throughout time. Mary Worth is the oldest uh, reported. Mary Wales. Mary Jane. Those are the okay. three that predate Bloody Mary. No, Mary is the constant here, but there's all these different names she was known as, but the ritual is very consistent through time. So in this article, they actually went and uh, interviewed a bunch of young women about their experiences with this ritual. And Mm -hmm. I kind of compiled some of my favorites of their descriptions because there's, it's so cool to see the regional differences between rituals. We talked about this with like playground games before, right? And Uh like sing songs now here with, ghost rituals um so here's a couple fun one um during recess at school you go into the girls bathroom your friends wait outside because only one person is allowed in at the time one girl stands at the door to turn out the lights once you're in position in front of the mirror once the lights are out close your eyes and turn around three times then you open them and stare straight at the mirror and chant bloody mary show your fright show your fright this starry night you have to chant slowly so she has time to come from the spirit world i like that they give the consideration for her uh, commute yeah then you wait yeah, to see you know. her face once you see her you have to run out of the bathroom where your friends are waiting if you've sinned or done anything evil in your life then you will have three <laughs> scratches of blood on your cheek ever in your life yep huh. Okay, you know, this actually, when you say that, Milo, it brings back a memory of the turning around three times. I remember okay. that being an element of hearing about this. Okay, I really? That, I don't know why that would summon the spirit. But anyway, yeah, I'm like, oh, yeah, I remember that. Interesting. Yeah, because that was not a factor that I had heard of. Um, but that report was from 1983. 
Okay, there you go. Um, yep. So more around that time. A bunch of here's another one. A bunch of us young girls went into the bathroom to call Bloody Mary. Hey girl. <laughs> hey girl, what's up? We turned off the lights, turned around five times, chanting Bloody Mary over and over, and then stopped quickly and looked in the mirror. We were supposed to look for a headless female in a white gown with a bloody knife in one hand and her head in the other. Ooh. That's intense. Yes. Which actually, some people theorize that because beheading is a common theme in these two, it might be a reference to Mary, Queen of Scots, who Elizabeth, Mary's younger sister, had beheaded. Okay. So maybe Got it's you. that Mary. There's a lot of Marys, yeah. it turns out. <laughs> Very <laughs> common name. Um, here's one more. Uh, you go into the bathroom at school, turn out the lights and close the door. You can go by yourself or with two or three friends. I'm not positive, but I think boys can do it too, if they want to. Okay. <laughs> you light some red <laughs> candles, like about three, and you put them in front of you in a triangle. Two on a side and one in the front. Like and about you- three. This this one has so much personality and I love it. It's great. <laughs> then you keep chanting Bloody Mary, like about three times or something. You're sitting there and looking at the water in the toilet and chanting. Oh, oh okay. And they say she will appear, her face in the water. Then you have a weird reaction or something. And she pulls you down into the toilet and flushes your head down the toilet. And you never come back or something. I love the uh, lack of specificity and the lack of confidence. Uh, it's like she could just barely be bothered to give her rendition of this at all. It's, it's so fantastic. great. Uh, have been, how old do you think this girl would have been? It actually says, says she's 11. Okay, um, yeah, that's fair. And this is in 1992 yeah. at Hellier Elementary School in San Jose, California. Uh, but yes, oh. I just love they kept her character in it because she really shines through. Um, <laughs> she's just like, I somewhere. don't know, man, but this <laughs> is a mystical swirly we're describing. <laughs> it really is, although it's a deadly mystical swirly. Deadly also mystical swirly. I yeah. see this was interesting to me, though, because it really brings the bathroom faction in the front. And there were actually a lot of them that talked about toilets and you have to flush the toilet as part of the ritual, which oh. I was not familiar with, but it was really prevalent in these accounts which is weird. Why is there a toilet involved? Yeah. What, how is I, and, and I, for one, am actually quite glad that the toilet is not a gateway to the spiritual realm. That would really disrupt some things. As far as I'm, you know, yeah, you could be, have been pooping on elves all these years. <laughs> that's possible. I, uh, yeah. Yeah. Pooping on the elves. That's there you go. So that's all of this be. brings a lot of questions to my mind. Why are we in the bathroom for this? Why is this folklore so heavily tied to the female experience? And and who who is Mary? Is it just because it's a common name? Is it because it has this historical tie? Is it because as some of the folklore, like I said, there's regional folklore. Some of them actually say there's a dead girl called Mary Mary Wales or Mary Worth who was killed Mm -hmm. out behind the elementary school or something. And so she's this like, you know, mystical creature. So there's evidence of not evidence, but conversation of that. There's all these different physical descriptions, whether she's holding her head in her hands, whether she's holding a baby, Mm -hmm. whether she's got a big scratch down her face that's all bloody. There's just all this variety. And I think it's fascinating because we know it's coming from all these different sources and the imaginations of a million different little kids uh, with macabre. Well, it's endearing, endearing legacies like this, the legacy of this or this urban legend. And uh, it would be really interesting to know if there are variations per different geographic parts of the country. I would love to might... see that as well. Yeah. Because it's it's you wonder if it's tied to that because it has to be stemming from somewhere. Right. Yeah. Like, and it all of this. It, it somehow caught the cultural consciousness of these children and mm-hmm. has endured for who knows how long. Um, and Alan Duns has some theories about why this okay. has staying power. We're going to talk about menstruation again. Let's go. <laughs> My dad's okay. favorite topic. Yay. But think about it. We're talking yes. about girls on the edge of puberty. Mm-hmm. We're talking about a bloody experience. Mm-hmm. And we're in the bathroom. There's <laughs> some possible ties here of there being 
menstruation symbolism here. Uh, oh. The sort of, because it's a rite of passage, right? You're kind of growing up. And so you get to peek into these other things and these more adult things uh, that are maybe a little bit scary and maybe a little bit otherworldly because yeah, when you're a young person and you're told you're about to start bleeding on the monthly for some mystical purpose, you're not entirely, you know, depending on how much you've been told, it seems pretty mysterious and awful and in some ways horrific. Uh, Not a lot of you know, 11, 12, 13 year olds are really equipped to deal with their own blood. Yes. And they, this is going to happen to you, whether you yes. like it or not. But for a good portion of our population, you got to learn. Yeah. So uh, it's, it is this kind of mystical thing and it has some ties to horror. So I'm, I don't dislike that theory. Um, mm. I do dislike the theory that it has something to do with virginity. Um, oh. There was some that uh, that speculate maybe it has something to do with the Virgin Mary. Um, and she's holding her head because it's the maiden head, which is a really gross euphemism for the hymen. And, uh, you know, you're at this age where you're exploring. The, yeah, I don't. I don't like that nope, one. Nope. I nope. That's that just especially not the, the age range there. Of well, there. Yes. I, no. I think the menstruation connection is a little bit more solid. Um, yeah. And honestly, I'm also okay with it just being like a spooky thing. It's a memorable story. It yeah. has these really common flagship marks of mysticism and witchery almost of you know you've got your mirror you're in a private secret dark place you've got these most often really symbolic numbers you're turning around three times you're setting bloody mary seven times that kind of thing mm-hmm. so honestly it could just be a collaboration of that stuff too but we probably won't know um no, not for sure No, I did really like one part of Alan Dunn's description here as he talked about his theory. Uh, I'm just going to read it through. In the absence of reliable, detailed information about the whole physiological process of menstruation, little girls turn to folklore for the facts, just as little boys tend to learn about sexual activity from dirty jokes. The Bloody Mary ritual may not be scientifically accurate picture of menstruation, but it does represent an anticipatory image of a forthcoming major event in the female's life cycle. Just as dirty jokes do not necessarily describe sexual activity with unvarnished objectivity, so Bloody Mary may distort the details of actual menarche, which is not a word that I had previously heard. I I was going to say, I don't know menarche. I think it's referring to menstruation. Um, Oh, okay. So, Uh, yeah. I thought that was really interesting because I hadn't really... I hadn't seen it in that clear cut of terms before of this kind of idea that... I'm very interested in why witchery is so tied to femininity, why we have separate systems of magic for women and men. I'm always interested in magic. I'm always interested in gender. So this is a fascinating area because I do think there's a, I mean, if you look at like the state of modern witchery today, it is overwhelmingly female. Mm -hmm. Why? We'll probably talk about that more in another episode because I'm really fascinated by it, but Mm -hmm. it, it does have something to do, I think, with the kind of mysticism and secrecy around reproduction and uh, the uterus. And of course, we're speaking in broad genital driven gender terms here. Of course, I don't mean that, but this is just when it's this far back reaching, like we're talking in broad strokes here. So. Yeah. And, and, and there's, there's the whole idea that even throughout history that men have the power, the whole patriarchy thing. Um, but yet there's this mystical power that women have to create children inside of them. Yes. Um, that is this, this myst, kind of this, you know, for how long have we humans didn't really understand how any of that really worked very well. And it's just like, yeah, this kind of happens and we don't really understand it but they can do it and we can't even though we're the powerful ones mm-hmm. um, i could maybe that lends itself towards that mythology i think so for sure because the uterus has always been this kind of like i mean if you think of like back in the days of hysteria yeah where mm-hmm. people with uteruses would be like 
the doctors would literally be like, yeah, it's just wandering around your body. We don't know. And we're not going to check because we're just making <laughs> shit up. It's scary anyway. It's yep. wandering around your body. So there's yep. something, there is something empowering about that. And I, I get the fascination with witches that a lot of young women have and a mm-hmm. lot of young people with uteruses have mm-hmm. of just like your body feels magic sometimes. And yeah. Sometimes like evil magic because it hurts. Yeah, it's hurting you. <laughs> yeah. So it's it's such a fascinating little mess of concepts. And I I do want to do an episode on witchery at some point, but it's going to take some more looking into. I did want to touch real quick on mirrors. Mm-hmm. Oh, just because sure. I was interested in the whole mirror aspect. That's actually where I started with this whole thing. I was curious about um like the mirror, mirror on the wall, all that kind mm-hmm. of stuff. Why mirrors are such a focal point why breaking mirrors is considered evil yeah um, bad luck. so why are these mystical uh partially because they were really valuable so when back in you know the roman days when they first mm-hmm. actually started making uh glass mirrors not super easy to do kind of expensive easy yeah. to break so it's really <laughs> that makes sense they had this sort of like mythical thing where like they also thought the gods could see you through the mirror. Yeah. So because the gods, that's God's eye to the world by breaking it. Oh oh my God. You just dissed the gods. They're like, Oh, that hurt. (laughs) Yep. It's rude. You broke my eye. Um, So the gods are going to give you bad luck if you break a mirror. But luckily the Romans believed that the body renews itself every seven years. Oh, so that's how that came. About. Yeah. little bonus. Uh, that's why breaking a mirror, seven years, bad luck, because you get a new body by then. So it's probably fine. <laughs> <laughs> it's somehow maybe the eye of a God and maybe their bodies work the same way. Yes. So seven years you're in the clear because it's regenerated or healed or something. Yeah. So mirrors okay. kind of have this mystical idea in them because they can help you see into other worlds. This is where we get like through the looking glass and where we get scrying. Um, yes. Which is interesting. It comes from a word meaning to catch sight of scrying does. Oh. So I thought okay. that was interesting. Um, yeah. Cecil Williamson, a very famous witch uh, in the early 20th century said, if you gaze into a scrying mirror and suddenly see someone standing behind you, whatever you do, do not turn around. Yes. Ooh. You want to hear a real quick story? Absolutely. I used to work in this ice cream shop with my friend, Jim Robinson. Okay. And we had an older woman that would work there part time. And, um, and so we, you know, we we're in our teens. So we were, you know, we were kind of laughed at because she was old and she seemed like she was probably like to us, like she was 80, although she was probably in her fifties. Um, and she called the ice cream shop one day and she, and she was home and we were working and she goes, Jimmy, next time, you know, you go home, don't look in the mirror. And then she hung up. Really? There was something like that to this day. We, you know, no idea what he was so freaked out. And like, I don't know what she was doing or what she was, what was happening, but she was like this, like something about looking in the mirror and like, be careful. And he was like, what? And so uh, to this day, he has not looked in the mirror. That's That's, amazing. He has looked in the mirror, but. I hope she was just like, I'm going to show these shitty kids a lesson. Like I'm just going to play a prank on them. Fair enough. Uh, that would have been, that would have been, uh, that would have been earned deserved. I would say, <laughs> um, maybe we weren't always great to her, but yeah. It's the kind of, the kind of stuff I want to pull when I become an old person. <laughs> Absolutely. And you got to start now though. So you, you start getting warmed up, you got a ways to go, but. So that was a very tightly packed episode with lots of spook and violence. And I hope you had fun through it. Um, but yeah, let me know what, what stuck out to you, my father. Wow. Um, there is a lot there. I think as I just am recalling the episode, I, I'm really intrigued by the idea about how legends and myths like this get carried on and passed on and remembered. And there's like, this is worthy of retelling and trying again. And of course, just the, 
the interestance of the macabre and like of horror, like like because if you look at it logically, go why would anyone want to see this? This makes no sense. But there's that thrill, and kind of like how potentially this could even get changed due to different um, areas and locations. Um, and it kind of gets warped and changed. And, and of course the wonderful um, recollection of, well, I guess it's something like that, you know, maybe boys can do it. And I don't know, maybe you do it sometimes. I like that little story. Mm -hmm. 11 year old girl, incredibly, <laughs> wonderfully nonspecific. Yep. She's great. I hope she's doing well. Yeah. I hope so too. I hope uh, Lady Mary didn't get her. I hope so too, especially not the toilet version that she shared. Yeah. Um, that one's rough. I had never heard anything about, ghosts giving swirlies in my time as an adolescent <laughs> maybe she had been confused with bullies could be uh, maybe, maybe her bullies were ghosts bullies. it could be that's um, rough i'm gonna ask i'm gonna ask my wife carol today about what she knows about the legend of bloody mary just to see what she says yeah please do i'm really interested in the gender delineation of this of this folklore yeah, absolutely. And even the whole idea of that women are always involved in, you know, even like in the Salem witch trials and stuff, you know, back in the day, um, how pretty much I believe it was all women who were put to death. Not um, all women. There were some men. Yeah, not, there, were yeah there were at men. least one notable guy, the, okay. the one who got crushed by stones. But yeah, that's um, a bad way to go. Yeah, it's also a bad way to go. Welcome, welcome to the spooky season, guys. We're going to be talking hey. a lot about bad ways to go. If that's not your thing, we understand, but we will try to give appropriate content warnings in the description. Uh, so yeah, through October, we're going to be getting a little spooky over here. Uh, and if that bugs you, no hard feelings. We have plenty of non-spooky episodes in our backlog for you to enjoy. We sure do. Enjoy them, listen to them, share them, <laughs> spread them to your friends and neighbors. Absolutely. And if you do like the spooky stuff, get ready because your time is now yeah i think i know what i'm going to do for my uh my first spooky episode which will uh be coming out soon i think i know what i'm going to do wonderful i look forward to yeah. it uh, i know you do and i hope you all in the audience are looking forward to it as well and if you don't want to miss it you should subscribe on your listening Please. platform of choice you can also review us on that platform or on facebook uh our facebook group watch your mouth podcast you can find it just by googling that um we post articles and pictures related i'll post some pictures from some of the figures uh from this episode because boy portraiture in the tudor <laughs> times was very interesting the proportions are wild there's one in particular where her torso is like twice as long as it should be and it's great i'll post oh. that um it looks spooky but it's not intended to be so i like it yeah um so yep join our facebook group if you want to see that kind of stuff and chat with other fans uh thank you to tony gephardt for our theme song but with all that said and done we hope that you have a good start of your fall and spooky season we will see you next week i'm milo i'm dave stay curious and carry a hatchet <laughs>